Hey guys, welcome back and thank you for joining us for another episode of Recovering You. This is a podcast where we take you step by step through what you can expect when you enter the world of healthy living through recovery from addiction. And we are here to help you every step of the way. I'm your host, Cameron Harrison. I'm joined by my co-host, Chris, and I could not be more excited about the topic we are going to discuss today. So last week, we kind of got into a little bit of the emotional things that are going to start happening after you've gone through your D-Day and how to use fear and anxiety, not as motivation to discourage you or to feel like you're failing, but instead to remind you that you still care and that you're capable of doing this and that you have not given up yet. Uh, I, I really enjoyed a lot of the things we talked about last time. And, and I'm still, I'm also still kind of stuck on the whole concept of uh, the, the rock bottom episode, Chris, where you brought up the, the rock bottom that we hit ends up being Christ and that, and that he rises up to us. It just, that has been on my mind for days. Yeah. And, and one of the, thanks for saying that. I think it's, it's a powerful concept. And I hope for those of you listening, one of the things that you'll have in your toolbox as you listen to us is a way to reframe things. Sometimes we defeat ourselves mentally before we even get started. So it's the same thing with, with fear, right? Fear is should be a fuel. It should not be your new wardrobe. It's not what you dress yourself with. It's not what you wear out. Let it be your fuel um, to jumpstart you on your on your road to recovery. I just, I, I imagine, you know that scene in The Grinch where Jim Carrey's like <laughs> trying out the wardrobe. He's like, ooh. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> ah, <rah>. yeah. <laughs> but right. fear looks so good That's on right. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fear is not sexy. So yeah, fuel, <laughs> not, not clothes. I, I had an experience actually recently that I've been, I've been trying really hard to, to process. And, and this, is, this is something pretty personal to me. This is something that not a lot of people know. Um, as I've discussed in previous episodes, I obviously I was excommunicated. And if you've listened to my story on the Eternal Warrior podcast, you know that I was also rebaptized. I've gone through a complete uh, transfiguration of lifestyle and just revamped my my way of living and, and made these pretty drastic changes. Which uh, even I had begun to think like, okay, what I've done here is is something special, and, it, and it's something that. That is that yeah. is noteworthy and is impactful and and should be should be celebrated a little bit and and maybe maybe the pride got to me a little bit but I recently met with my bishop and it was it was really difficult because I I was coming up on my um, my my time after being baptized and everything where I could receive my full restoration of rights where I could be able to have the priesthood again, be able to use that, be able to be a patriarch in my home and um, preside worthily with that priesthood and be able to go to the temple and, and do all these other things that are really important to me in our church. And so I filled out this application and my, my bishop was very approving of it. My stake president was very approving of it. Everything was sent in with all thumbs up. And when it came back, my bishop pulled me into his office and he said, I don't know what to tell you. And my stomach just sank and, and I, I got just, I, I was full of that, that fear that we talked about earlier. And 
he basically said, you can reapply uh, September 17th. And that the reason, and then even more fear jumped into to my, my head and my heart because my, my daughter's supposed to be baptized. Um, she'll be eligible to September 22nd. Yeah. And yeah. For those listening, our daughters are one day apart. So yeah, that, that's, that's true. <laughs> 22 hours to be exact. There, oh, there you go. Cool. I They're timed less it. than a day apart. <laughs> and so, you know, my, my brain just started racing. I started spiraling out of control emotionally where I was just like, well, why? And, and, and I asked that question. I asked my bishop, I said, why? What, why was it, why was it not approved? And he said, they, didn't yeah, everybody would want a reason, right? What did he yeah. say? They just said, at this time, we encourage Cameron to keep living righteously and reapply in three months. There was nothing else to the letter. And it's been, honestly, it's been probably one of the most challenging, in my opinion, even harder than being excommunicated. Yeah. Because by this point, I'm living worthily. I'm trying to help other people. I'm doing everything that I can and living up to a standard that I've never lived before in my life. And yet here I am being told, you're still not good enough, Cameron. With everything that you're doing, all the mentoring, all the phone calls, the, the, the prayers, the groups, the, the therapy, the podcasts, everything that you're doing is not enough. And for probably over a month, and I'm just, I'm really just kind of coming out of it. Um, and I was pondering on it a lot today. I've just been emotionally down in the dumps, just completely destroyed. And it's that, that voice, that voice that I just mentioned that has been telling me I'm not good enough that I want to yeah. talk about today. And I have a name for that voice. And it's something I learned from a podcast <laughs> called the betrayed, the addicted and the expert. If you are ever looking for a great podcast to listen to about boundaries and uh, couple relationships, working through addiction and betrayal, and also getting the therapist point of view, I could not think of a better podcast than the betrayed, the addicted and the expert. Um, and no, they have not, they don't know that. So, I'm except for this them. one, except for this one, right? Right. <laughs> well, th this one isn't so much for couples. And that's why, that's why I recommend that one. If you're, gotcha. especially if you're someone who's been, been the betrayed, <laughs> highly recommend that. Anyway, uh, they, they have an episode about this and this is where I learned about this concept and it has become such a cornerstone of my, my recovery that it comes up constantly still, even to this day, that, that voice uh, who they so appropriately named Spike. And so we're, we're going to talk about Spike. And I think I've mentioned him in other episodes briefly, but Spike is that voice in your head that not only tells you you're not good enough and tells you that you're stupid, he's also the one that tells you you should relapse or that you should just be the designated driver and go out to the bar with your friends. You know, it's, it's those little promptings to not only knock you down emotionally, but to also tempt you and prompt you to do something against your value system. So Spike, little, little segue here. The reason this is such a cool concept is because it is not for addicts only. It is for everyone out there because there is not a single person out there who has not had a negative thought about themselves, who has not felt unworthy at some point, whether it's unworthy of love or uh, unworthy of a, a job promotion unworthy of any sort of compliment. I mean, how many people out there get uncomfortable when they get complimented? Oh yeah. That, that, yeah. That's spike. 
how many how many women look at the magazines on the shelves in the grocery store and immediately think i'm never gonna look like that that's spike you know it, yeah, it's and- not it's not just addiction recovery it's everywhere yeah, and, there, and there's so many nuances to that too, right? Not only am I not going to look like that, well, there, the reason why we feel bad about that is because we've been convinced that we should feel bad about it. We've accepted some some greater artificial measure of what a happy life should look like. What really stuck out to me when you were telling and sharing your experience of, of being rebaptized and after being excommunicated, it's hard because you want to share that, right? But, but the world is, has structured our thinking in such a way that we're hesitant to share that victory because in, in sharing the victory, we have to reveal some sort of weakness or that we did something wrong in the past. There is this, this voice, this, um, this negative impulse telling us, don't share that. Don't be too happy about it because then people are going to know that you're weak. People are going to know that you've messed up and, and it is so hard to push back and overcome that. It makes me think of, and not to get too scriptorial here. It makes me think of the story though, of when uh, the sons of Mosiah meet up with, with uh, I, I believe it's, it's Alma and mm-hmm. he starts just rejoicing at how amazing his journey has been. And they're like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. <laughs> You're sounding a little bit prideful. I mean, I think arrogance is getting to you. You're, you're kind of uh, making it sound like you've done all these miracles. And he goes, no, not at all. I am marveling at what God has done through me. I'm marveling at the miracles that I've seen. And basically, I'm just so overwhelmed with how amazing this gospel and, and my God and my relationship with him is that I really can't contain it anymore. And I, I resonate so much with that message because when I found yeah. recovery, a, a lot of people were kind of shocked, but I, I got on Facebook. I started like calling people because I was like, Hey, guess what? I used to be this way and now I'm this way. And isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. What was, and what was the reaction? Like, I'm curious. I, what did you, was it pretty much universal or what did people say so or do? I, I'm really glad you asked that. And, and there's a really cool concept that comes out of this too. And this will probably be something that we even do a future episode on. But in doing this, coming out to people <laughs> as, yeah. as, as yeah. an addict, yep. it was interesting to see the people that I revealed my true self to, they revealed their true selves. Mm-hmm. Some, some people mm. that- Wow, that's deep. Yeah, keep going. That, that's deep. The people that- some people I, I did not expect much understanding from. Some of them were the most kind, understanding, and loving people. And a relationship formed from that instance of me sharing my true self with them. That they basically said, well, I mean, since you shared this thing with me, I, I'd love to talk to you more about things that are going on in my life. And this kind of bond formed yeah. between me and those people. And then there were those that awesome. I, I thought were friends and, you know, and it turns out they were more acquaintances. They, they were people that were just like, Oh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you, you know, keep trudging along. And there was kind of this awkwardness to it. And then I never heard from them again. Yeah. And, you know, reaching out to them, there wasn't a lot of like reach back or conversation. There was no dialogue going on. And it, it revealed to me who my true friends really were. 
That's the, that's so powerful. Wow. The the where spike kind of comes into this is it was hard at first to realize, like, I thought you were my friend. And, mm, and Spike immediately yeah. jumped in there and said, you thought you had friends? Yeah, you, don't. you don't actually have friends. You didn't actually think people would accept you for this ugly, tainted, disgusting version of yourself. That yeah, how could, how could someone as broken as me actually have friends? Yeah, exactly. And isn't that a question that so many people have asked? How could, how could someone love me? as the person that I'm in, because our, our harshest critic is ourself, right? Yeah. Because so often happiness of our personal joy, um, that's what, that's what he wants. And he, and he sounds almost like us, right? It's, it's not this evil. <laughs> it's, it's not a villain super voice in our head. It's our own voice. And I think there's a thread that, that starts to run through everything that we've talked about from rock bottom all the way to today. And, and that's this concept of, of being vulnerable and, and sharing our weakness, sharing our, our low points. There's a, there's a scripture that I think is really applicable here. And it says, if men come unto me, me being God or Jesus Christ, and women too, if they'll come unto me, I'll show unto them their weakness. Right. And I'll make weak things become strong to them. And we live in a world that does not value that vulnerability or that weakness. And in fact, at least from where I sit, everything in society is structured to have us suppress our weakness, to not let anybody know about it. And I can't help but think that that is an intentional strategy of the devil, of Spike, of whatever name you give to the negative force in your life, to keep us from coming to God, coming to Christ, the one who can make us whole, and make turn this weakness into a strength, which is what you've done. And and for those of you listening, you can do it too. Uh, it's inspiring to see you, Cameron, as you reach out. You're not content just to sit in your own recovery and say, "Oh, I made it. I can relax." You can't. <laughs> and it's true. You can't help. And I admire this about you. If you see someone else struggling, you can't help yourself. You go and you run to to their rescue. And I and I think that's great. And there are people who will do that for you. I'm talking to the listeners now. There's people who will do that for you. And, and so really, let, let's dig into this. But, but remember, if you feel like you're being backed into a corner or, or silenced or told to shut up and don't share this, know that that's that negative voice that doesn't want you to break through and become strong and become happy and experience that joy. That's awesome. Well, thank you for, uh, for, for those compliments. I, I really appreciate that. And, and I, I love that concept. And, and I've always actually gravitated to that idea of that, that scripture that you brought up that, you know, I, the Lord give unto men weakness that they may be made strong. There, there've been a lot of people that have actually asked me, like, if you could go back and change it, would you? And, you know, obviously my first yeah. reaction, my first reaction was absolutely. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't, I want, <laughs> yeah. Do you know how miserable I've been? <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would I, why would I want to be like, yeah, I, I, I would love to take away that suffering that my, that my wife and my kids went through. I, I would love to take away those moments of, you know, that doubt from, from my kids, whether daddy was ever going to come live at home again. You know, I I'd love to take all that away. I'd love to take away the lost jobs and the uncertainty and the, the stress and the relapses. And if I could take all that away, sure. 
as I've looked back though, there's so much that I have gained through this weakness that I was given in order to be able to turn around and give it to other people that, as you said before, it's funny that you said, you know, like, I can't help myself when I see someone that's struggling that I tend to just like almost a little bit too excitedly be like, oh my gosh, you're struggling. Well, guess what? I used to struggle too. And I get super (laughs) animated about it. And I I actually, I remember my father-in-law even telling me, he's like, you know, Cameron, your, your passion for this is so contagious and it's so awesome, but sometimes you come off a little bit much. (laughs) And uh, that was even another spike moment for me too, that I was just like, oh man, like I, I'm, I'm too happy about my recovery. And I had to kind of just be like, no, 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 hold on. No, this is who I am and Mm -hmm. who I am loves recovery who I am loves helping people and loves seeing that spark of possibility of change come into their eyes and their life. Yeah, absolutely. Spike doesn't get any say in that. In fact, Spike will say the absolute opposite to everyone that is out there listening and and trying to process through all this stuff. Spike is not your friend. Now, there is another aspect of this that I kind of did want to bring up the origin of spike is actually there to protect you. It's there to say, hold on, you can't do this. Like for instance, uh, jumping off a cliff, (laughs) hold on, you can't do this and survive. It's, it's actually an instinct that's born within us to say, to give us caution, but it somehow evolves as we grow up when, you know, kids, when music turns on, what do they do? They dance without shame without any sort of abashment, they just feel it and go for it. (laughs) And what happens when they turn like, it's probably about 10 years old. Oh yeah. It's no, no. At least the boys don't want to do it anymore. I I remember in elementary school, I grew up in the thick, so not everybody (laughs) had this experience, but, but I think we, we had a line dance and square dancing class in PE and like in elementary school. And it was awesome until you hit, 10 years old. And then all of a sudden, all of us guys were like, Nope, not doing it. (laughs) I'm going to stand over here against the wall and look cool because that's embarrassing and lame to go out there and dance. Yeah, Way cooler to hold up the wall than to go out and have fun. And, and the name for that is shame. And so at some point your, your caution turns into shame and you start to look at yourself as less capable. You start to doubt yourself. You start to lose confidence. You start to compare yourselves to other people. And and this is where it evolves from a natural voice of caution to a voice of a voice of doubt and a voice of shame, like I just said. Well, let me just jump in here for one second. At church on Sunday, we were talking about, you know, if if you could only share one thing about your faith with somebody, what would it be? And I thought and thought and thought. And what came to me was if I could only share one thing with people, it would be the fact that God wants them back. Mm. And because he wants us back so much and he, he puts this in us, like you said, we're born with this sense of this is not a good thing to do. I should not do this. This will hurt me. And, and that can be motivating, right? Nobody's perfect. We all mess up. We all hurt people's feelings. We all make mistakes. We all do things we shouldn't. And we need to feel bad about that in order to be take action to become better. But what you hit it right on the head. 
where it becomes unhealthy is where Spike can get in and twist that knife just a little bit. And it only takes a couple of degrees and it goes from being a motivational feeling of, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to go figure out how to make this better too. I am so ashamed. I don't want anybody to know about this. I'm, I'm broken. I'm never going to be any better. Yeah. And, and you brought up a really important concept that something about you should feel bad about the things you've done, especially when you make mistakes. Yes. Feel bad. That, that proves that you have a conscience. Yeah. It, it proves that there's something inside you that says that was wrong and that, and that's okay. There's a big difference between guilt and shame. And, and again, that could be a whole nother lesson on it in and of itself. And it probably yeah, and it will. Probably, yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just as a, a quick little point on that, Guilt comes from God and it comes from within yourself that says, I know I acted against my value. Shame says you are the problem. You are the mistake. So one thing that's a really good way to point this out is when someone says, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person. The best thing to do is to ask them why? Because what are they going to say? Well, I Uh, made a mistake. What mistake did you make? I did this. So what you did was the problem. Who you are is not the problem. And it can be siphoned out in those three easy steps of just asking why, because Spike twists it and says, what you did is who you are. What Mm -hmm. I did was stupid. Yes, I'm going to feel bad about that. And I'm going to do what I can to repair that. Who I am cares that I made a mistake. And that's who I really am. The mistake was stupid. I'm a good person. Yeah, that, that is so powerful because to your point, this voice will come in and, and try to confuse us and trick us and say, if you make a mistake, you are a mistake and nothing good is in your future. And all those other people who seem to be skipping around through life without any problems, they're the ones who are going to be sitting on clouds, playing harps, you know, having a good time. And, and it's not true, but it's how many of us feel that way? Everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure everyone has been through that. Yeah. And, and, and the truth is, at least in, in my opinion, as I see it, everybody goes through hard times. And what makes the difference is when we don't pay attention to that voice and we keep fighting. Exactly. So for everyone out there listening, I want you to practice this real quick in your head. The next time you hear Spike saying something, even, even something as much as you wrote the wrong date on on a check and you know they give it back to you and you go oh i'm an idiot right there 100 spike okay yeah so even with the little things the little mistakes that you make spike's gonna come into your head and i want you to say shut up spike (laughs) like (laughs) yeah Yeah, because you know and and say it out loud acknowledge because by doing that you are acknowledging the fact that you are not the idiot for messing up the date on that check. You just made a mistake and it, and it doesn't matter. Most of the mistakes we make don't really matter. But Spike twists it in a way, like you said just a minute ago, to make it seem like we are becoming worse and worse versions of ourselves by the mistakes that we make. But yeah, we're human. That, I love that. I just watched, I don't know if we're allowed to plug Disney movies on here or Pixar. I just watched Luca with my kids uh-huh. over the weekend. And there it's Silencio Bruno. So yeah. <laughs> Silencio <you know>. Spike. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, totally right. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the last thing I was going to bring up. So this, this was really cool. My, my father-in-law, I know he comes up a lot on this. I spoke to him almost 
every single day. I called him in the car after every meeting when I was living in Vegas while I drove home. And so he was really in tune to what my recovery process was. We became really close to that. And I remember teaching him about Spike. And when we were there for Christmas one year, he got this gift a couple of days after Christmas. It came a little bit late. He gave it to me. I opened it and he said, uh, I, I, it was this little doll with like a spiky mohawk and like a, <laughs> a surfboard and had like, you know, punk gloves and chains on it and stuff. And I was like, uh, thanks. I think you thanks. got this for my kids though. <laughs> and he was like, no, it's Spike. And I looked at it and my eyes just lit up and I was like, oh my gosh. It is Spike. That's awesome. I and hadn't so, heard that story. <laughs> yeah. So what I did was I put it on the dashboard in my car because in my car at that time, I would constantly just, I would spiral out of control in my thoughts. And so I would look at that little doll on my dashboard and I'd be like, shut up, Spike. And I would just <laughs> yell at him in my car. Yeah. And, and that turned into me actually like arguing back and telling him that, no, I, I, I am a good person. No, that was just a mistake. I, you know, and, and the, the reverse psychology started to take place and I started to heal my way of thinking and viewing myself got better. And that evolved into my wife then. And she still does this to this day. She, if, if I start to insult myself, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot that at the store. I'm so sorry. That was so dumb of me. She goes, uh, who invited Spike into this conversation? And I'll be like, you're yeah. right. You're right. I, I'm not dumb. I just, I just forgot the milk. I'll go back and get it, you know, and, and it's not a big deal, but it could have been. And so I have this awesome support system that's willing to point out like, Hey, you're not dumb. You're not an idiot. You're not stupid. You're not bad. You just yeah. made a mistake and we're going to move on from it. There's no reason to dwell on this. I love that. I love how you brought out the importance of a support system. And I hope that that is sinking in for folks, how critical that is. And if you don't have one, start to build one. Sometimes you got to roll the dice and take a chance on people. Um, but that support system will go a long way. Um, real quick, my, my second daughter, when she was born, this is the daughter who's 22 hours apart from your daughter. Right. There was something wrong with her eye and the doctors weren't quite sure what it was uh, when she was born. And it turned into this huge thing where we were going to specialists all across the state, they were consulting with specialists across the country, didn't know if it was cancer, didn't know if it was going to spread. And they said, we probably have to remove this eye. And if you haven't picked up on it, I believe in God. Hopefully that's <laughs> shining through. And, I, and because I believe in God, I believe in miracles. I believe he's a God of miracles. He does things to bless us that we couldn't do on our own. And I was, this was a low point for me, not addiction related, but it was one of my rock bottoms. And I felt completely helpless. I, I felt like this was punishment for past sins that, you know, if I had been better at this or done that differently, or I went back and analyzed every single mistake that I had made and I felt broken. I felt like my daughter is suffering, suffering because I'm a screw up, right? You know, it doesn't have, didn't have to be a big thing. That's how I would feel and see myself. And so I couldn't think of anything else to do. I, this is my very first Facebook event that I set up and I, I just sent it out to all my friends on Facebook. And I said, will you please, if you believe in praying, will you please pray for a miracle for my daughter? Cause this is how I'm feeling. And if you believe in fasting, we fast uh, for my daughter, cause this is how I'm feeling. And long story short, 
her eye didn't get better. We had to take it out, but something changed. A miracle did happen. And I stopped feeling like I was the screw up. Like that was my fault. And we do, we blame ourselves for things. We make mistakes. It's part of living. The real question is, who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the voice that tells you you can grow and become stronger because of this weakness, because of this mistake? Or are you going to listen to the voice that says you are weak? You're always going to be weak. So just give up. We have those choices every day. And it's so powerful. Like you said, some start by saying it out loud, make it physical, you know, get that energy up. You got to, you're going to fight against a real enemy who doesn't want you to be happy, wants you to destroy you, wants to destroy the happy life you're trying to build. It's real. So you are not your worst enemy, contrary to what many of us may believe. This voice, this spike that's trying to tear down your life, that's the real enemy. So cut yourself a break and choose today to listen to the voice that's trying to build you up. Um, I, I don't think we really need to go much past that. I, I think that was that was fantastic and a, and a great way to cap off this episode. I, I don't know if you had any final thoughts before we uh, close this one out. No, just thank you for listening and thank and uh, and committing to to a life that's going to lead you to better things. This is a life that all of us can adopt. A life that, I mean, if I, I really mean this, if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I truly believe that. I believe I was among the weakest forms of ability to change before and to be who I am now. I, I truly believe that there's no one that is too far gone. So do not let Spike tell you otherwise. We are here on your team. We are here as your support system. Don't let Spike win. Find your own fit, find or draw or imagine your own version of Spike and start learning how to tell him to shut up. Thank you guys. Until so much next time. This. See ya.